Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. And today we are going to do a little mini Halloween episode. Well, I think it will be mini. We'll see how long we talk, but... Okay. We'll have a regular episode coming out on Thursday of one single Halloween case. Mm -hmm. But these were just a few little things that happened on Halloween in New York. So Mm. I thought we'd talk about them. Okay. Um, Can you very quickly go over merch because we're getting a lot of questions about merch are we getting a lot yeah where people can get it so that's a good question um you can get it from my house because that's where it is but we have men's t-shirts women's t-shirts baseball hats and like winter hats skull caps but they're not skull caps because they're popped up skull caps are on your head but they're skull caps no they're not so we're still kind of working out the prices. I think the t-shirts are $20 each. Mm-hmm. The hats, the baseball hat will also be $20. Mm-hmm. And the winter hat is 15 The skull cap. It's not a skull cap. It's $15. You can Venmo or donate the money on PayPal. Okay. And just send me an email of what you want for now. Yep. Okay. Because size we don't have... Some sort of store thing set Not up yet. on our website. We'll Not work yet, on but that. We will. But we'll if you're work on desperate it. for the stuff, this is the easiest way to do it. Just send an email, nefariousny at yahoo.com. Okay. Or a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. That's fine too. Okay. Anything about the live show you want to say? Thank you for the opportunity. Yes. So we wanted to uh, thank Courtney mm-hmm. for allowing us to be part of SpellCon. We made a couple of new friends and we sang with pirates. <laughs> We listen to pirates sing, I should say. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into this. Halloween's coming up. For me, egg throwing was not a Halloween thing. It was the night before. Yeah, mischief night. Mischief night. And Mm -hmm. we threw eggs and I don't know what else. Shaving cream. Shaving cream. I don't know that a lot of kids do that anymore. I think they do it on Halloween. Oh, all right. Which there's a lot more targets I think we did it both, but the main night was mischief night Mischief night. I yeah. can't believe we were let out of the house. But I remember when it was like really cold, getting hit with those eggs was like getting hit with a bullet. Yeah. Not fun. No. Not sure why we did these things. But in 1994, egg throwing, which was pretty innocent for us, mm-hmm. took an ugly turn. And I'm only going to touch on a few of these cases because it really happens a lot that violence comes from this egg throwing So in 1994, a 12-year-old boy, Pedro Ramos, and his friends were throwing eggs at random people, you know, just messing around. At about 9.30 p.m., two men were kicked out of a nearby bar for being totally wasted and drunk. Uh, The two men were passing by where the boys were throwing eggs, and they got hit with the eggs. They ran after and caught one of the boys, Mm. so they caught Pedro, and stabbed him three (gasps) times in the stomach and groin what and he died wow okay the bartender who had just kicked the men out of the bar came out subdued one of the men until the police got there so robert delgado 20 years old had just punched and kicked pedro when they caught him a 12 year old boy a 12 year old boy uh he was charged only with second degree assault because he wasn't the one with the knife The other man who actually stabbed Pedro was around 40 years old, but I couldn't find any information on whether or not he was ever caught. I can't imagine that Robert Delgado didn't turn him in 
but I could not find anything anywhere. Hmm. About an hour before this, a group of boys were throwing eggs in Manhattan on like apartment rooftops and a 10-year-old boy, Jay Valdez, lost his footing and fell five floors to his death. Hmm. That same Halloween. Wow. So apparently the same night as the other two in Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, Angel Lopez Amaldivar was coming home from work. He was a 29-year-old mechanic and a father of a four-year-old boy. And he was carrying a tricycle that he had just bought for his son. At around 8.22, about 15 kids surrounded him and started to throw eggs at him. He got angry and grabbed a nearby bottle and threw it at one of the kids. And this, I don't, this is so weird because this is such a, like innocent thing that kids do, you know? Well, it should be. I mean, should I don't be. know how I'd feel about 15 kids surrounding me and pegging me with eggs. Well, no, that's I'd a probably bit much. feel a little right. threatened at that point. So the kid that got hit told the other to keep Angel there. And that boy left and returned a short while later with a handgun. So now we've got eggs into hand turning into handguns right he shot angel once in the stomach and as angel lay on the ground another boy beat him with the tricycle and he was pronounced dead at the hospital at 8 55 what's wrong with what's wrong with you like i have no words for these incidents because it's absurd to me that going out to cause a little like trouble throwing eggs is ending in people being killed right well and then, then in the other one, it was kind of like they were innocently throwing eggs and then subjected to this, you know, murdering, basically. They mm-hmm. were murdered. And then these guys, the ones who were throwing the eggs, you think it's innocent enough, but then the eggs turn into guns. Right. So it goes both ways for these two. I so, do you, did you ever get egged? Like your fam- I remember my mom coming home from... I don't know if she was working on Mischief Night and she was driving home, but she got egged. Must have been a cold night because it shattered her windshield oh, wow. of her car. And she yeah. came home like rattled, like yeah. crying. She was a mess. Yeah. It's like. Wonder where I get it from. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, yes, I have been egged before. I'm trying to think, remember if I was driving and if I was, it was like on the side of my car. It wasn't mm-hmm. at the windshield, but you can, it, it's. It becomes really dangerous. You can't throw it at like moving things or, you know, it, it was more like a group of our friends in high school throwing Egging them at each other. Each other like, or another group like. Yeah. Or fun. a house. Almost like a manhunt a, situation. Yes. A house or a parked car. Right. Not really. I have another egging story. This one's actually pretty good. When I was pregnant with my daughter, Emma, I went into labor yes. on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I kind of tried to stay home and labor at home as long as I could because I had Matthew to trick-or-treat. Right. And you also, I remember you did not want to give birth on Halloween. No, I didn't want a Halloween baby. So I was kind of trying to just chill at home. But then it got a little, you know, intense as it does when a (laughs) giant child's trying to come out of your body. (laughs) So we jumped in the car. It was probably, I want to say like 9 or 10 o'clock Halloween night. And we were driving to White Plains to go to the hospital to have a baby. And the car got egged. But I was like in massive labor, like at this point, like I was in a lot of pain. (laughs) And the car got egged. And my husband, Bill, went to stop the car 
to go like after these kids. I yeah. thought I was going to kill him. I was like, you're <laughs> insane. Drive to the hospital. So that was my other egging story. Did you get him? No, I didn't let him stop. I was like dying. <laughs> and my body was being ripped apart. I was not letting him stop. You had because... eggs coming out of you. We had. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all things that happen on Halloween. Right. But she ended up being born on November 1st. I, I know. I remember 12.05 a.m. You held it out. I held her in. <laughs> held her in is more like it. Yeah. <laughs> so the next case back to being serious because these cases are insane. In 1998, so four years later, Carl Jackson had just turned 21. And he was a quiet young man, the son of a nurse and a postal worker. He was working at Morgan Stanley as a data entry clerk. Jackson and his girlfriend went to pick up her nine-year-old son from a party, and teenagers threw eggs at her car. So Jackson got out of the car to yell at the teens, you know, whatever. Right. Like my husband well, wanted to do. Like your husband wanted to do. And they began to argue back and forth a bit. So Jackson got back into the car with his girlfriend and her son to drive home. At least one of the teenagers got in another car to follow him. So they caught up with him a few blocks away and Curtis Sterling, so he was one of the teens throwing the eggs, pulled a gun out and shot Jackson in the head, killing him instantly at 11.15 p.m. Over an argument over eggs? Over an argument over eggs. Oh, Jesus. Carl's father, so Carl Jackson's father said, and this is from the New York Times, a young life was snuffed out over nothing. He never used to go out on Halloween. He always said it was too dangerous, even as a teenager. Curtis was 17 at the time of the murder, so the one that shot mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to 20 years, and every Halloween, Carl Jackson's mother sent Curtis Sterling a Halloween card that said, I'm glad you're still there. Good. You know what? It's really funny. I was watching. Did you ever see that movie? It's one of those old, like cheesy, after school kind of movies. And it was a guy who was driving drunk. And so every single, I think it was every single month or something like that, the person who got killed the parents would have him send like a dollar check and it drove him crazy because and it was supposed to be a reminder like mm -hmm. never forget what your actions did and so I can imagine getting a card every year like that what mm -hmm. it does to you mentally he didn't end up staying, though, the full 20 years. He was released on December 26, 2015. And when I looked up to see if he had done any other crimes or if he was back incarcerated, I didn't find anything. So hopefully he learned his lesson. Yeah, uh, really. You snuff somebody out over, over dumb, stupid eggs. Eggs and an argument. Unreal. Crazy. Now, this one's going to go back to the 80s. Okay. And this is the final one of our little mini Halloween bonus episode. Okay. On Halloween night in 1981, Ronald Sisman, a 39-year-old photographer, and Elizabeth Platzman, a 20-year-old honors college student, were brutally beaten and shot to death in Sisman's Chelsea, Manhattan apartment. Hmm. They were beaten severely and shot once in the back of the head. The furniture in the apartment had been torn apart and the place was completely ransacked. 
all identification was removed from Sisman and Platzman. There was no sign of forcible entry, so it's assumed maybe they knew their attackers. <clears throat> when you're shot in the back of the head, isn't that like almost like execution style? Yeah. And they usually say that people usually know their attackers. In that situation? In that situation. Sometimes, not all the time. Sisman's twenty-five caliber pistol was missing from the apartment. Sisman was rumored to have been involved in drugs to some degree, and that was rumored to have caused the murders or been the reason for these murders, some mm. sort of drug issue. Right. But the police only found two ounces of cocaine. So no proof that it was related to drugs or anything was ever found. This actually is unsolved still hmm. to this day. But it does take a little weird turn. And, you know, for Halloween, I thought this was appropriate Okay. So, Mayor, if you could just button this one up for us. So, an inmate told the police that David Berkowitz, who we know is the son of Sam, told him that his cult was planning to enter a residence near Greenwich Village on Halloween. And we all know, it, and it's been rumored that Berkowitz was a member of the cult and did not act alone. And I do have a very weird story about this. So, my mom is convinced that David Berkowitz did not act alone. And when we were kids, my mom said my dad had hired a painter for our house. And my mom had offered, I guess, to give him a ride home in Yonkers. My mom said, you know your dad, you know, save a couple of dollars. He always hired these weird people to, you know, do odd jobs around the house. And the house, supposedly, that my mom dropped him off at was the same house that the son of Sam, that David Berkowitz was living in. Ooh. And she ended up calling um detective that we knew at the time and kind of told him about it. And I don't, you know, nothing ever came of it, but my mom swears that this guy had something to do with David Berkowitz. Ooh. And she always tells that story. So back to this inmate, um, he had said that the cult would perform a ritual murder by shooting the couple in the head before ransacking the place. So this is what Berkowitz told him. Right. Now, this is a little bit, we're going, this is 1981. So we're going a little bit after, I believe, right? The son of Sam. Mm-hmm. Yes. But perhaps still a cult and still, you know, people that are around following, you know, him and, and what he did. When the police then questioned Berkowitz about this, he said that, Sisman had snuff footage of a son of Sam murder and was going to give it to the police to get out of some drug charges. There were there was never any proof of this and the case does remain unsolved to this day. But the son of Sam did have a very detailed description of Sisman's apartment. Right. Very mysterious. Yes. Hmm. So what do you think? Um, I don't know. It seems kind of far-fetched that uh, Son of Sam's cult killed him. Why? I don't think it seems that. Over snuff footage? I don't no, know. but... I think just a drug deal gone bad or something like that probably is more... I don't know. I mean, I I think people were killed over nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, with Son of Sam, I don't think that people were being killed for concrete reasons i think they were just being killed because that's what this that's what he did 
He right. was a murderer. I don't think he really had any reasons for it. Well, <clears throat> apparently he said the dog told him to do right. it, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I, d- I don't, I think that could be far-fetched, but I think it's kind of strange that Berkowitz's name comes up in this and then Berkowitz knows a detailed description of the guy's apartment. Right. Oh, totally. The whole thing seems bizarre. But when I saw this, I was like, hmm. Yeah. I had hmm. never heard this before. So that is the mini episode for Halloween. We will be back on Halloween with a full length episode on a Halloween related crime. So this was this was just an appetizer. This was an appetizer. Of some of the creepy and spooky and nefarious things that happened on Halloween night in the New York area. Correct. And that's it. That's it. And we have been getting some really good feedback from other people that have been listening to the podcast. And Correct. I think that it has a lot to do with the diligence and and how much care you take in the research mm-hmm. um, and how much work you do to bring these cases forward to the public. So thanks, Mayor. We also got a big PayPal donation from Ed. Thanks, Ed. Mind. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you in a few days. See you in a few days. That's a mini nefarious New York. Stay tuned for bloopers for Allison and Meredith after the music. So they caught up with him a flute, a flute, a flute, I fly. And you had never heard that story about my mom? I have, but I acted surprised. Did I do a good job? (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes, you did. Thank you. Yes, you did. And the award goes to me. And the award, they like me. They really like me. So that is.